Hey guys, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. I'm Judah Thomas, the lead pastor, and we thank you for joining us today as we discover what God's Word has to say to us. If you enjoy the podcast, we'd encourage you to leave a rating, review, share it with your friends or family, and we hope you enjoy today's message. It was Aristotle who first said that we have five senses as human beings. This is something that we've all grown up learning about in school and 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 we've seen little charts about it, we've done little experiments, what these five senses are. The first one is is the sense of sight, that we can see things, right? We can detect color and, and bright light and dark, we can detect all kinds of things, our brains can process that, and that's one of the most important senses that we have. Another sense is the sense of sound. The ability that you can hear, even what I'm saying right now, is that we have hearing, we are using this sense of sound. Another one is the sense of touch, that I can touch something, I can feel it, and I know that it's there. That's the third sense. Another one is the sense of smell. When we take a nice deep breath through our nose, we can smell beautiful things like roses and rainy days, or we can smell horrible things as well. Uh, the last one that Aristotle talked about was the sense of taste. Now that's being able to use this, uh, our tongue, to be able to taste the foods that we eat. Now there's another misconception uh, within even the sense of taste. This misconception is that it's called like the, the tongue map that our tongue has different zones on the tongue that can taste different things like sour and sweet and bitter and saltiness. Uh, Sorry to disappoint you, but that's a complete myth. It's an urban legend. In fact, if you take a mouthful of lemon juice and you swig that down, you will feel sour over the entirety of your tongue and mouth. So, uh, So that one is not true. But the five senses, we've grown up hearing this all of our lives. And they even go as far as to make a movie called The Sixth Sense. Oh, could could we have a sixth sense? What would that sixth sense be? And maybe it's telepathic or maybe it's something spooky. Well, in fact, scientists have proven that we have many, many more senses than just five. We're going to talk about a couple of them right now and see if you agree with this. The first one is the sense of pain. Now, this is different from the sense of touch. Touch is I can touch something, I can feel it. But pain is I take a hammer and I whack my hand and now I'm experiencing pain. It's a different sense processed in a completely different way. Another one is the sense of temperature. You hold your hand over a stove, you don't have to touch it, but you can sense the temperature. You wake up in the morning, you wonder if you should wear a jacket, you open the door, you feel the air around you, that's the sense of temperature. You're able to determine if it's warm or cold. Another is, have you ever just got an itch somewhere you just can't quite reach? Well, that sense of itching is again, another sense that Aristotle failed to observe. Uh, The sense of balance, being able to ride a bike or walk a tightrope or even just walk down the road is using the sense of balance. When we go skiing, when we go water skiing, when when we do any number of things, we're using that sense of balance. It's, It's within our inner ear, we're detecting where gravity is, we're detecting all of these things, we're sensing them with our body. Another is uh, what we call body awareness. And and this one, you know, is that you know where every part of your body is at any given point in time. I know that sounds kind of weird, but if you close your eyes and you take your finger 
you can find your nose. You can take it and touch your nose every single time, just about. You can find your ears, you can find your hands, you can find any of these things because you have a sense of where all the parts of your body are at any given point in time. Now, this also comes in important, it becomes very important for things like sports, catching a ball or swinging a bat or any of these number of things depends on this sense of being able to tell where my body is even when I'm not looking at it at that given point in time. This one is a sense of thirst, right? I mean, you know when you're thirsty, it goes right along with it, the sense of hunger. Both of these are senses. Now, some people also go so far as to say there's even more senses that, that we can tell when we're full and we can tell when you know we've had enough to drink, but you know, we'll just leave those alone for right now. Another thing is, you know, you, you eat a lot, you drink a lot, you become full, and then when you gotta go, you gotta go. And that's a sense that we are all quite accustomed to. And the last one that, that I'm gonna talk about, all oh, those scientists, they, they debate there's even more than this. And then we get into internal senses and, and tensions and muscles and oxygen levels and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it's a sense of time passing. And that's something that, you know, even if you're not looking at your watch constantly, man, if you're in a meeting, you know that some time has been passing. And, and we can generally gauge about how much time has passed. Now, all of these senses, some people have higher defined levels of them than others, but these are senses. Something we've been taught all of our life, there's only five senses, but no, in fact, there's a lot, lot more. Shows how sometimes we just believe things that we hear other people say, but reality, eh, it's just maybe a myth after all. Well, again, welcome to Thrive Church. Uh, my name is Judith Thomas. I'm the pastor here at Thrive, and we're talking about uh, urban legends, debunking spiritual myths, and, and that was just a, a, a little myth that maybe we've come to, to believe, and we're going to be talking about a very important spiritual myth that often we hear, And uh, except I'm not going to be teaching it today. Um, I'm going to have, uh, we have a guest speaker today, and uh, you know, it's Darren Hale. And Darren, early on, before we even started Thrive Church, him and his wife came along and, uh, and they were very excited to hear what we were going to be doing here and said they wanted to get involved. And it's been exciting working with Darren and working with his wife and his family. So, uh, so he's actually going to be teaching and I want you guys to just give him a very warm welcome right now as he comes up. Darren. Good morning. Can everybody hear me? Am I too loud? Uh, so we're talking about the myth, urban myth that God can never, will never give you more than you can handle. It's an urban myth. Um, and with to, you know, Tuesday being St. Patrick's Day, I want to talk a little bit about St. Patrick. Because it's an urban myth. Yes, he was a real person. But he wasn't Irish. He was born in England. At the age of 16, he was kidnapped by pi Irish pirates taken to Ireland and served as a slave for six years. He escaped, went back to his home country of England and went through seminary, became a priest and became a missionary. And his missionary took him back to the country where he was a slave, back to Ireland. And that's where he lived out his missionary life was in Ireland. And we all know that now that he is the spokesperson of Ireland, the sad thing is he lived his life for Christ. He lived his life for God. And, to, and, and St. Patrick's Day is known for what? It's known for drinking. It's a sad, it's a sad thing that, we, that, that this happens. Um, so who's seen the movie Casablanca? Anybody? You might be surprised, though. 
that Humphrey Bogart, who played um, Rick Blaine, never said the word, play it again, Sam. He never said that. I thought he did. What about Star Trek? Anyone watch Star Trek? And, all, and I, I, I researched this, 726 episodes of all the different Star Treks and 12 movies, never once was, in, was the, uh, the phrase said, beam me up, Scotty, mentioned. Not at all. I thought it was. But the actual line was, beam us up, Scotty. Never beam me up, Scotty. One of my favorite movies, Dirty Harry. Who's seen Dirty Harry? A lot of people seen Dirty Harry. Clint Eastwood never said, do you feel lucky, punk? He never said that. So we assume that all these cliches, I'm good, are from films that, uh, that these, these quotes are attributed to, but they're not. It works the same, thing with the same way with the Bible. There are many things that are said that people think they're in the Bible that's actually not. And today's lesson is one of them. Um, God can't give, he won't give us more than we can bear. And unfortunately, it's mentioned to people in times of distress. It's mentioned when people are hurting. They've lost a loved one. They've lost a job. Everything will be okay. God wouldn't put you in this situation if you couldn't handle it. But right off the bat, there's two things wrong with this. The first and foremost, it's not in the Bible. There's a lot, of, a lot of quotes that are similar to it, but it's not in the Bible. Um, the quote that's frequently used to back up the idea really doesn't say what we assume. And in 1 Corinthians 10.13, it says, The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are temptated, tempted, tempted, I'm sorry, he will show you a way out so you can endure. What's Paul reminding us of? Paul, who wrote Corinthians, is reminding us that, that our God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our abilities. There's no temptation, no temptation that we should feel we're powerless against. Because God's with us, right? God wouldn't give us something that, we're, that we couldn't resist. Who's been tempted in their life? Everybody, pretty much. <clears throat> if we're being tempted, Paul's thinking that we're not strong enough. We're not strong enough to resist that temptation. But that's very different than claiming that God can't give us more than we can bear. In fact, in addition to that quote not being in the Bible, we find plenty of quotes that mean the exact opposite that are in the Bible, including one from Paul in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 8, where he writes, We think we ought to, that you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. Let's think about that for a minute. They, were, they felt they were crushed and overwhelmed. Anybody feel like they're crushed and overwhelmed? A lot of people. 
that they couldn't live through it. But with, a, with God being by their side, they were able to endure it. It's also different from saying God didn't give us burdens we couldn't bear. Is anyone, I've already asked that, but anyone have burdens they couldn't bear? Things that happened in their life that they thought was, it was crushing them down, they were feeling overwhelmed? A lot of people. A lot of people. <clears throat> in Psalms 38, verse 4, David's talking, and he says, My guilt overwhelms me. It is a burden too heavy to bear. And in verse 8 of the same chapter, he says, I'm exhausted and completely crushed. My groans, my, my groans come from an anguished heart. Anguished heart. You know, when we have trials and tribulations in our lives, a lot of things happen. You feel like you just can't continue on. You feel like you're being just, just buried in the sand. You know, you might want to be like an ostrich and bury your head in sand, which, by the way, is another myth. <laughs> when they're scared. All right, in Kings first, 1 Kings 19, verse 7, the second half of that verse, Elijah is being told by an angel, get up and get some more, get, eat some more, or the journey, of your, journey ahead of you will be too much for you. Well, we're seeing right there that the angel was by Elijah's side. The angel wanted God to have enough food for his journey. He wanted him to be strong enough for his journey because we, knew, we know through reading the Bible that his journey was a very tough journey. <clears throat> and throughout Scripture, we encounter people overwhelmed by what happens to them. One of my favorite books in the Bible, Job. Did he have a lot to endure? He endured more than we can handle. But he survived. He, he was there. God was there with him. His family was cursed, telling him to curse God. Curse God and, and die. Job didn't want to because he had faith in God. He had faith that God would bring him through this ordeal. Losing, those, losing his entire family, let alone the boils and the sores that were on his body. But God, God helped him survive. Another one, when Jesus was on the cross, dying that painful death for his blood to wash away our sins, what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That comes in Matthew 27, 46. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The second problem with the quote, God never gives you more than you can bear, apart from it not being in the Bible, is that our life experience doesn't bear it out either. There are all kinds of things that happen we cannot bear. Again, we suffer financial loss. We, 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 we suffer a lost job. We lose our jobs. We lose loved ones. We get sick. And sometimes we feel like our lives are just crashing down. Well, I want to tell you a quick story. Well, it's not quick, but I'll tell you a story. It's not dusty, it's not dusty quick. <laughs> Inside joke between Pastor Jude and myself. Um, 
11 years ago, I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. And through surgery and many, 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 many hours of prayer with Karen and myself, I'm cancer-free. But that's not the deal. That's not the deal. There's more. There's a lot more. In those, 11, in, you know, in those 11 years, I had just as many surgeries, from my kidney to my knees to my shoulder, my elbow. That's a lot to handle, right? I mean, just alone having cancer is a lot to handle. But then having you know, seven knee surgeries, all on the same knee, by the way, shoulder surgery, elbow sh- surgery, that's a lot to handle. Well, we thought our lives was crashing. We thought it was a total crash and burn. But it wasn't. We, ser- we persevered. Well, two years ago, two years ago, Karen was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Talk about total crash and burn. Buddy, we were heading that way. We thought, we thought it was over with. But there's a good side of the story. After surgery, many follow appointments, many prayers, she's sitting right here in the audience with us, and she's doing great. All right, so that's a lot to bear. You know, we thought the end was here. We thought our lives were falling apart. We thought we were crashing. We thought we were burning. But I reminded myself what God said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the part B. God is faithful. God is very faithful. God is so faithful that he's there and you don't even know it sometimes. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He will show you a way out so you can endure. And he showed us that way out. He showed us that way out. And like I said, we're both doing good. We're both healthy, a little too healthy sometimes. Um, So how many people are suffering great burdens? And then on top of that, they're suffering because they're suffering. Wow. You're suffering because you're suffering. It's a lot. And how cruel is it to tell someone that they should be able to handle everything God, ha- God hands them? They should be able to handle all their problems, bear all their, their issues, or else God wouldn't have given it to them. Then for those same people to realize that they're outmatched, that they cannot bear what has come their way, the only conclusion that they can come up with Is it they're bad Christians, bad people, or they lack proper faith? And ultimately, in the minds of the faithful, they're suffering what has come upon what has come upon them is their fault. It's not their fault. They've messed up. They feel like it. They feel like they've messed up because God would never allow this kind of burden to come upon them. That the faith must be their own. Then this raises yet another problem. In addition to the two I mentioned earlier about this so-called, so-called verse, not, being able, not in the Bible, not being an accurate reflection of our life experiences, is that one other major failure, it places the focus in the wrong spot. What do you mean by that, Darren? The sentiment that God never gives you more than you can bear makes it all about what you can bear. But guess what, folks? It's not about us. 
It's about God. Put your faith in God. Paul is reminding us that our trials and our sufferings are not a measure of how much we can bear. We we may encounter sufferings that are much more, much, much more than we can handle. But all of this is to remind us that we should have confidence in who? Confidence in God, not in ourselves. Again, it's not all about us. In 2 Corinthians 1.9, Paul said, In fact, we expect to die. We stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. You know what? <clears throat> the church is not a lift yourself up by your spiritual bootstraps community. It's not one that says the Lord helps those who help themselves. Or that God never gives you more than you can bear. But every church should be a place where you can come and say, Listen, I have a burden that I cannot bear. And instead of being judged for having weak faith or being a bad person, you're surrounded by a network of love and support that will help you bear that burden. Just as Jesus Christ takes upon himself the burdens we cast upon him, so should we take those burdens that are cast upon us by by the church. Faith is not some kind of contest of worthiness. It's not a simple system of incentives and rewards Challenges or payoffs. It's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey of facing the struggles of the hope, I'm sorry, struggles of the world and moving forward with hope. But that kind of faith is judged based on what you're able to do. Down that path lies self doubt. Loss of, faith, loss of faith and pain upon pain upon pain. But guess what? God bless you. The good news is the gospel reminds us that while our problems do not magically disappear because we have faith and we follow Christ, we're promised that these sufferings, that we not, we're not suffering these sufferings alone. God does allow us to suffer things we cannot bear alone. But we do not have to bear them alone, for God is with us. We're surrounded by a church of love and kindness and accepts us in our brokenness, that comforts us in our afflictions and stand with us in our time of need. And in doing so, the church witnesses to God who stands beside us in our times of trouble. The God whose very message of salvation is wrapped up in solidarity. Can I go ahead and get the band? Come on up. In Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty, 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and worn out and overburdened. Come to me, he says, and I'll give you rest. How do you find rest? Turn from your sin and place your trust in the Lord. Repent and say, Jesus, forgive us our sins. We have not lived a perfect life. We have fallen short of your glory. Scripture says that it is by the grace of God that we are saved. It's not by works. It's by faith in Jesus alone. Save me from my sin. Forgive me. I no longer want to strive in my own power. I want to be weak and trust you for my salvation. Forgive me. Change me. There's too much. I don't want to live another moment without you. I surrender to you, Lord, as the Savior and the Lord of my life. Make me new. I want to be weak so you can be strong. I am a sinner who needs a Savior. Forgive me, Lord. Change me. Make me like you. I'm, in, I'm coming to you as imperfect as I am. Because you are perfect. I surrender my whole life completely to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything you've done, Father. Thank you for dying on that cross. Thank you for your blood covering our sins, washing them away for us. Thank you, Father, for all the blessings you have given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can go and visit us at www.thrive.church. If you're ever in the area, we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, we encourage you to leave a rating, review, share with your friends and family. Until next time, may you grow deeper in God's word each day.